This is Susan, bringing you hope for the uprooted. Thanks so much for taking a minute or two to listen in. I am delighted you joined me today, and I love the pleasure of your company. Hey, I've got something so exciting I want to share with you. This is just ah, such a great surprise. I went to my mailbox yesterday afternoon, and I had a copy of the latest Focus on the Family magazine. And you know, Focus is the publisher of my book, After the Boxes Are Unpacked. And there, in their magazine, was the article that I had written for teenagers on moving, titled, I Don't Want to Move, Easing Your Teen's Fears and Frustrations as You Transition to a New Home. I'm so excited. It's, It's in just the right issue because this is the time of year that families are thinking about moving or know they're going to be moving over the summer and this is going to be so encouraging to moms with kids and with teens but I just wanted to tell you that that that's an exciting thing I'd love for you to read the article go to our website justmoved.org and the link to the article is on the home page just scroll down and there is the link I just love Focus on the Family. They've been my family for, gosh, 20 years. And I've written two books, uh, and they have published them. And it just thrills me that they are who they are. They are phenomenal uh, people that work there that really uh, have been a wonderful support for the moving community. So, it's the Focus on the Family magazine, and it is the April-May 2018 edition. So, there's my big plug for my article that was just released, and you are the very first to know. Go to justmove.org to get the link for that, and also, while you're at justmove.org, why not flip over to our shop And get the book, But Mom, I Don't Want to Move, all about easing the impact of moving on your children. That's also a Focus on the Family book. So there you go. Now, I want to piggyback on that, and I want to talk to you today about moving, not only with your teens, but also with your children. I just want to give you some hope and encouragement and maybe a few tips along the way and just just help you understand uh, some of the emotions that your teenagers are feeling, your kids are feeling, your junior hires, as well as um, a little bit about friend making and about um, the school uh, situations that they face when they move. And so, you know, it's just, as you know, a mom that moves or a grandmother that has grandchildren that move, moving can be a very traumatic emotional experience for all of us. And it can cause our emotions to be like waves that swell in the ocean and then hit the beach with different degrees of force and then they flatten out only to come back again with greater intensity. Can you just not visualize that? I'm such a visual person. I can just see 
that our sea of emotions during the moving process can leave us feeling angry and sad and fearful and disappointed and resentful and anxious and gosh, even depressed. And then that the loss of identity and that loneliness, it can hit us after we move like an unexpected tidal wave, leaving us devastated. And you know, some people sail smoothly through that moving process, but you know, you may be one where you feel like it's having the wind knocked out of your sails and you're desperately trying to catch up with everybody else. I will tell you this, no one completely escapes the emotions of moving. I know I didn't. There always seems to be somebody in your family who gets hit harder than others. And at a, listen at this, y'all, at a time when you as a mom are trying to cope with your own emotions, you're also faced with the emotions of your children, especially your teenagers. And believe me, I know this. I, it was all that I could do to stay afloat emotionally myself. I was so overwhelmed when we moved that it was hard to even throw my children a life jacket. They had to somehow survive on their own. I don't like admitting that, but that's the truth. I was so caught up in my own emotions and devastation and feelings that, you know, I, I, I couldn't help them. And they had to survive on their own. And, you know, perhaps this will help you understand not only validate your own emotions, but to recognize that's what I want you to do. I want you to recognize that your children could be going through similar feelings. We're all in the same boat and it's easier for us to work together and paddle in the same direction towards our destination. You, my friends, you mom, are still the main person who will be helping your children hands-on, one-on-one, and eye-to-eye with any moving issues. So let me encourage you. Uh, take some time, first of all, just to identify some of your reactions and pray that God will begin that healing process in you first. Then you can come alongside your children as they deal with emotions that they might not understand. Because you see, children, even some teens, don't have the coping skills to handle a lot of the emotions they feel after a big change in their life. And your family could be grieving right now over all they've left behind when they move. It could be friends, extended family, a home and place you love. Gosh, when we left Atlanta, I left my dream house. Um, it could be, you know, your children's school or a job. These are all things. I mean, it's leaving familiar places and people and things to go to everything that is unfamiliar. And it's not only a change that disrupts our lives, but it's a loss. You know that. So transfer those feelings and emotions in the knowledge that your kids could be going through them too. 
You know, because we don't attach just our lives to people and places. We attach our hearts. And I know I'm speaking to your heart today as a mom. If you're struggling with your children because they haven't adjusted and it's not a smooth transition. It's so hard for so many kids. And grieving is very normal. There's just no time frame for how long it will take you or each person in the family to go through that grieving process and go through that adjustment to a new life. Everybody is going to feel a range of emotions at different times and you're all going to respond in different ways. I'm just telling it like it is. Grieving is necessary because you see with a move comes change, with change comes loss, and with, with loss comes grief. And it helps, uh, the grieving helps you and your children adjust to the losses and change that comes. And, and I just can't, I can't stress enough to you the importance of understanding how maybe you need to look deeper within because your kids, some of the feelings they go through, the emotions, um, maybe you just need to stop and, and just understand. Let me help you understand some of the reasons that they feel like they do. They could be angry, okay? Um, it could be directed at the person or the circumstances they feel are responsible for the move or because maybe they had no control over the decision you mom you dad would get a lot of that anger um, you could be the person you know you always hurt the one you love you could be the one they direct that anger at they could be sad over having to leave uh, everyone their school their peers their girlfriend their boyfriend they're sad for the longing for what will never be the same again and then there's fear from all the unknown. You know, will, will everyone think I'm different because I'm new? Will I make friends? Will I like school? Will anyone speak to me or will I be left out? I mean, these are real feelings and emotions. What about disappointment? They could be so disappointed. They come from things such as their school and friendship and house and neighborhood going to something that is different from what they had thought or that it's not the same. They could be resentful from all the changes that are happening. They could be hurt from the pain of separation and being disconnected from everybody and everything that they've left behind. They could be anxious from worrying about how they'll fit in and how they'll make it academically and socially and, you know, whether they're even going to find their way around town. These are all real feelings, and this is a great time to open a dialogue about everybody's reactions to moving because those feelings and those emotions are real. And I bet all of a sudden you're thinking, gosh, I have those same feelings. I have those same emotions. Um, so you can, you can understand um, like I didn't. Uh, I never stopped to think that my kids could be feeling the same thing that I was feeling. 
when I wrote the book, But Mom, I Don't Want to Move, I interviewed teenagers and children all over the United States and pulled in a lot of their quotes. And one young girl at 15 said, I was filled with an attitude of anger and resentment. The pain of leaving the place that I loved seemed unbearable. Anger, I don't want to move, sadness, leaving friends in school, fear of the unknown, grief over all the losses, loneliness because nobody knows me. So that just kind of taps in on helping you become aware of some of the feelings and emotions your kids are going through. And then what about friends? Let me tell you, I ask one junior high. What was the hardest thing about moving? In fact, it was a group of junior highs. I interviewed a whole group of junior high and high schoolers. And when I said what was the hardest thing about moving, one young boy popped up junior higher and said, leaving friends. And they all chimed in and said, yeah, that was the hardest thing, leaving friends. And then I asked, what's the hardest thing about moving to a new place? And they answered, making friends. So boy, those are identical words that really bring it home because they are in great apprehension of being the new kid on the block and making it through uh, that transition with friends. Let me just tell you that um, each child's friend-making ability is unique by their age and personality. Some preschoolers don't know how to introduce themselves and you may need to get them together and teach them each other's names and play games with them and how to um, and how to interact and and help them feel comfortable and if your children are between the ages of 6 and 12 try to get them involved in after school groups such as a youth group at church or or an organized sport or anything that will uh, help them and most elementary age kids lack that social skill and they don't know how to, um, they don't know how to make a friend and just don't make the mistake like I did of relying on the playground at recess or school activities to be the source of friendship. You have to again be proactive for your children. Step up. Invite some uh, someone from class to come over for a visit or a pizza party or something that will begin the form of, of a new friendship. Now, now, listen up. Need I say that teenagers are a whole different story? They're at an age, my friends, where they're forming identity apart from the family and with their friends. As one high school sophomore said, I felt stable and happy with my friends and myself. I wasn't ready for that to be taken away from me by a move. And so moving to a teenager means that the ties to a, a peer group will be broken. And it means that that teenager is once again dependent on the family as their only support system. 
And you know, you know, I know, sparks can fly with the ebb and flow of those emotions. If you have a teenager, you certainly understand what I mean. They can be rebellious and resentful, and the whole family can feel the effects of their outburst. What they don't realize is that they're going to make new friends, and a lot of times they're friends that are even better than the old friends they left behind. They just don't understand that, and sometimes they just have to discover that themselves. When we moved uh, from Atlanta to Phoenix, we encouraged our son to participate in a team sport, which was a, a group activity, and an individual sport for activity in high school. And that gave him the opportunity to meet and interact with a number of other teenagers as well as one-on-one. And it also taught him how to be a team player as well as build confidence in an individual sport. We moved when Bill was uh, in high school and we moved when Ginger was in junior high. Boy, I mean, I had it. I ha- I've had the walk out of the room slamming the door and rolling the eyes, you know, and uh, more times than not. But we made an intentional effort for our house to become the hangout for Bill and Ginger's friends when we moved. Food and a listening ear were always available at our house, along with unconditional love and a non-judgmental spirit. And you know what? Somehow they just kept coming back for more. Many a teenager slept on our sofa and floor during high school. And things haven't changed that much over the years. Teenagers still want a safe place to be unconditional love, acceptance, a listening ear, and food. Just try it. It can work in your home. It can work in your home. And then uh, I made up a list that I want to share with you. And it is five C's, ABC, five C's that um, I kind of zeroed in on that will help you help your kids and help you understand them better. You see, um, both with school and with friend making, some of their biggest fears are, will I get through the day without being humiliated? Will anyone sit with me at lunch? Um, Fitting in is key. Being accepted is key. They, they just have that fear of aloneness and not knowing anyone. So my first C is confidence. And confidence begins at home. It begins at home. For you to say, I believe in you. For you to affirm and encourage them. And I don't care what age they are. We all need that, even as adults. Um, confidence can be built through achievement, whether it's the arts or technology or, you know, uh, academic, whatever it is that your teenager, your child might be interested in, that can build confidence through them doing what they do best. 
and, you know, refresh. I, I encourage you as a mom to refresh their social skills, you know, to, to start a conversation, to smile, to be friendly. I mean, they want to be cool, okay? Um, you may need to encourage them. And sometimes, even with teenagers, we have to remember they don't know it all. They haven't got it all together, although they think they do. But um, one, my first C would be confidence. Help them build that confidence, and it begins at home. My second C is connection. They're going to say, will I belong? That's their big thing. Will I belong? And I encourage you to encourage them to join up and join in, whether it's volunteering, working on the school play production team, or in the drama, or whatever it is. Um, get them involved. Be a hands-on parent. Um, I can remember, I just thought of this, but I can remember when Bill started working uh, uh, in high school as a busboy. And so one summer, the first summer we were there, or we were here in Phoenix, um, I took him in the dead heat of the summer in Phoenix in 105 and 110 degrees. I took him from hotel to hotel to hotel to put in his application to be a busboy. I persevered. Even though he was a teenager, um, I came alongside him by driving him because he couldn't, he didn't have a car, um, to every hotel restaurant for him to put that and he got a finally got a job as a busboy um so connection to get them involved and for teenagers you know this is something you may not have thought of but get last year's yearbook because you want the teens and they want to get the big picture of the school and what's better to get the big picture than looking through last year's yearbook? Because it'll help them uh, get a real brushstroke of school activities and yada yada and who who's what and where and all of that. So I encourage you to, to do that for your teens is either tell them to or ask the teacher for or find from a student last year's workbook. And then for your kids, ask for a buddy to be assigned in class. I mean, get to know the teachers and, you know, get, get to know them where you have that relationship of connectedness with them where you can ask them to help connect your child. Third C, first was confidence, connection, communication. Not only will they say, um, will I belong, but they'll say, will anybody talk to me? Oh my gosh, that is huge. For, will anybody talk to me? The importance of uh, just not being so alone. Uh, with kids, help them. With the young, younger children, uh, you know, help them understand they have to ask questions. They have to initiate um, communicate, as I said, with the teacher to ask open-ended questions or to, um, you know, with your teens, not only ask your teacher to help, but for you as a parent, ask open-ended questions and listen and ask things like, well, how does that make you feel? 
you know, don't ask them a yes or a no answer. Ask them a question. How does that make you feel? Maybe you'll tap in on some of those emotions um, that I spoke about. But with kids, you need to encourage them again. You need to be proactive and help them understand, hey, maybe you need to ask that person next to you, you know, um, which, you know, where's the library or where's the restroom at, um, at school? And, you know, just to initiate, what's your favorite thing for lunch? That kind of thing. So communication is key. These are all things that are huge to a, to a teenager or a junior higher or a child in elementary school. That confidence, that connection, communication. And then, you know what? Number four, comparison. The next thing they're going to ask themselves is, will I measure up? Well, let me tell you, Mom, first thing you need to do is tell them not to brag, not to belittle the school, not to brag on their own achievements from where they came from. Nobody wants to hear somebody that is one up or or your school was better than mine or, you know, um, the school I came from is better. No one likes... Um, the comparison with the previous school or in the first five minutes all the accolades about sports or whatever um, comparison is a downfall it's best that they get to know someone before they can say or would say gosh you know um, I love my school I came from it really was great but I'm learning new things about this school but comparing is really not a good thing um, because will I measure up? They want to fit in. They want to be accepted. And then the fifth C is close. Do I look okay? Do you see the pattern in this? Do you see the pattern of confidence? Will I be accepted? Connection? Will I belong? communication will anybody talk to me comparison will I measure up and then close do I look okay you see they want to blend in they want to fit in so I would encourage you to encourage them observe how others dress you know if you one time I um I there was a, a family that moved from Hawaii and they moved to Iowa and the mom told me this story. And the first day of school, all the kids wore these bright, flowered Hawaiian shirts. And, of course, they didn't fit in Iowa with those shirts. Um, and the mom said, I should have been more observant. I should have, I should have been sensitive to that. I should have realized that. Um, so that's huge. Observe how others dressed how they check the local trends you know here in Arizona it's just casual jeans all the way um, in the south you know I just dress a little different I just kind of dressed up a little and um, not that we don't dress up here but it was just it tend to be more um, I'd wear you know skirts more and and all that so even even had a sunbonnet 
now I do wear that in Arizona. But clothes, they want to fit in. And now is not the time to make clothes an issue. You know, they need to fit in, but clothes don't need to be an issue. You need to connect that, soothe that gap by maybe taking them to a store and checking out what is popular in that area because they want to feel like they fit in. And like I say, their number one objective is, um, will I get through the day without being humiliated? There you go. Every now and then my southern ease comes out. So then last I want to talk to you just a little bit about, um, about school because that is so important. Um, Gosh, it's just, your child will just uh, appreciate your sensitivity. Uh, As a parent, you're on such a seesaw of emotions along with your children. I go back to those emotions. I think so many times that's the root of our um, disconnect and feeling not settled and not rooted and grounded is because we're still dealing with some of those feelings and as a parent you're on that seesaw of emotions with your children um gosh one of them will be up and adjust well but maybe one will be worried um anxious you've asked yourself probably you know if you have more than one child they're all handling it different and some are happy and one is not and you just feel like, will this balance of emotions and adjustment ever come? Well, let me tell you what, my friends, don't lose hope. Do not lose hope. Um, I, just, I just can't encourage you enough to go uh, to pray for your children, to cling to uh, the hope that Jesus Christ provides. He is the anchor of our soul. He is the anchor of hope. Don't lose hope. Uh, continue to pray for your kids and be sensitive in areas of their life that I have uh, perhaps helped you understand and perhaps enlightened you a little bit. Um, you know, just just try to put yourself in their shoes and understand that that it's just not uh, it's not an easy transition for them. Let me just give you a couple of comments that some of the kids I interviewed said. Um, Alex, age 10, said, Not everyone wanted to play with me at recess because I was new. Emma, age 9, said, On my first day of school, I was really nervous, but things got better after lunch. Charlotte, age 16, said, My mom always had a smile on her face when I came home from school, even though I knew she was still sad about moving. I can't tell you how many times I put on that smile for my kids, um, even though I was struggling, because I knew that as a mom I was the catalyst in my home, in our home, for um, doing the best I could to help them. Crystal, age 14, said, My world turned upside down when we moved. I had to leave my school and my friends. 
my family and my belief in God help me turn my world right side up. Oh my goodness. Catherine, age 14, said, when you go to a new school, go to social events. Don't be afraid to go up to people and introduce yourself. You'll find you have more courage than you think. I just thought that you might want to hear some of those quotes. It really helped me when I was writing this book and as I have written about children and teenagers moving and junior hires to, to hear from the kids themselves and what, um, how they feel and what, you know, how we can help them best by asking questions and understanding how they feel. Let me tell you what, my moving moms, you can have a bumpy start, you can even have a bumpy ending, but you can pave the way to a smoother move by asking God to give you the wisdom to know what you can and cannot change along the way. And as the popular saying goes, give it up, give it all to him. Boy, that is scripture based because he can carry your burden so much better than you can. He can give you the strength to face whatever lies ahead and he will accompany you on the journey. Isaiah 42, 16. I will make the rough places smooth. Your teenagers, your junior hires, your elementary age children may have had a bumpy start. They may have had a bumpy ending when they moved um, and, you know, landed in their new school or their new home but you my my moving moms God will make the rough places smooth don't forget that don't forget that change comes and to equip your children through a move to deal with change to understand it to know how to um, work with it and to understand their own feelings is a huge blessing you're giving them because it's helping them cope as they get older and as they enter into this world um, where they have to uh, constantly change and constantly cope. Remember always cling to God. Remember He is immovable. Always trust Him, never give up, and God will make the rough places smooth. And do you know that spells out change? Cling to God. He is immovable. Always trust Him, never give up. God will make the rough places smooth. He promises, be reassured as you read His Word and abide in Him. I've just brush-stroked um, so lightly what kids that move face, what our children, our junior hires, our high schoolers face, what they feel, some of their feedback. Uh, I encourage you to 
um, continue a pursuit of knowing how to best help your children. I've written articles. Uh, of course, I've written, But Mom, I Don't Want to Move, which is for all ages, before the move, during the move, and after the move. But most of all, I've lived it. Most of all, I've walked in your shoes. Most of all, I've been, um, I've cried myself to sleep many a night over my children's unhappiness. Um, most of all, I, I, I feel the anguish in your heart if your children are um, not adjusted and not having a smooth transition. Uh, I've seen pain in my own children's eyes and felt helpless. But I learned over the years to cling to my Lord, to pray, and to have hope. Gosh, thanks for hanging out with me for a while. I've just kind of rambled on and on, but I just had so much to say to you and tried to get it all in. And um, Gosh, just remember to always move closer to Jesus, to always let your children see you pray and hear you pray and and let them uh, listen to you as you give God the glory for the great things he has done or he is going to do. Always move closer to Jesus and keep your home Christ-centered because they will always come back to home and they will come back to Jesus even though the road may be rough. And there may be lots of bumps and detours. Always move closer to Jesus. It just doesn't get much better than that. I'll see you next time. Have a great rest of the day.